uh, I, want, I want you to get ready to receive the word of the Lord today. The, Eric and them were singing a while ago, let your glory fill this house. Then they sang the song, it's your presence, Lord. Let your presence just come in and fill this house. And I thought, thank you, Jesus, for the confirmation. You know, I, I'm, I'm confident in my calling, but sometimes it's good to have that confirmation, isn't it, Eric? And thank you for that. Uh, I want to read a scripture. I believe they have it back there in Psalms chapter 63. I want to read this verse of scripture to you today as we talk about hungering for intimacy with God. How many here this morning feels like you could be just a little closer to the Lord? Let me see your hand. It wouldn't hurt to be just a little bit closer to the Lord. You know, none of us have arrived. None of us is, 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 is where we uh, want to be. And, and, the, and, and the psalmist here says, I follow close behind you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Notice the words, I follow close behind you. Everybody say close. And then in Psalms 42 and verse 1, as the deer panteth for the waters or the streams, so I long for you. As the deer searches through the woods for the water place, so thirsty that his nose can, can direct him to the right place to get the, to get the water. I long for you, O oh God. So this morning, my desire is to light a flame on the inside of each of you that you will begin to be more hungry for God than you've ever been. I want to encourage you to a fresh relationship with the Lord. If that's you, say amen. amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this congregation today that you will speak to all of us, speak a rhema word that will, uh, that will burn in our hearts and we will walk out of this place never the same. Thank you, Lord. For the living word of God today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Now, you can be seated. If you, if, 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 I want to try to be kind when I say this. I want to be nice today. Uh, but but, but if, if you're looking for some kind of a charismatic thrill or, or you're looking for some kind of an instant fix, you're probably not going to find it in this message today. This is a message that that we began to strive for. I want to warn you also that if you're comfortable, if you're complacent, and you want to stay right where you are and never want to grow in the Lord, then, then you, know, you might want to excuse yourself because this message will not be for you. But if you're hungry to grow and you want to get closer to God and you want to smell the breath of God and you want to get in his face, you are in the right place today because I believe there are some people here today that is hungry for a genuine move of God. You're tired of games. You're tired of religion. You're tired of going through the motions, three songs, uh, uh, announcements, testimony, offering, and go home the same way you were when you came. I am hungry. I believe God can bring the revival that we need at Solid Rock that will be followed by repentance. Come on, somebody shout amen. It'll be followed by holy living. It'll be followed by an expectancy that only he can give. So I want to ask you this morning, and I want you to be serious, and I'm serious when I ask this question, do you want to know God? Do you just want to talk about God, or do you want to know God? Uh, some people want to know about God, but knowing about God and knowing God is two 
totally different things. You can ask anybody in the United States of America, because of, because of our media and the availability, you can ask anybody and they say, oh yeah, I know about God. I, I know there's a God in heaven. And, uh, and, and not only that, you ask, you ask 100 people if they die, if they're going to go to heaven, and, and probably 99.9 will say, yeah, I'm going to heaven. Without a relationship with Jesus? Without knowing about God? I mean, having a relationship with God? And I'm telling you, I really believe that we're in a day and time. Revival is, I mean, revival is here. People are hungry for a move of God. And people that want to do something, want to serve God. They want to, they want to serve God. But you know, there's a lot of people that's looking for God, not necessarily the God we serve, but they're looking for something supernatural. Come on, say yes or amen. <laughs> yeah, they're looking for something. How many knows they'll wear crystal, uh, you know, uh, crystals around their neck. They'll lay down hundreds of dollars to listen to, to some guru tell them about their future. Or how many knows the psychic business is a billion dollar a year business, and people go to psychics because they're looking for something about their future. They want to know something. They want a supernatural experience. Don't you know that these Middle Eastern religions, you know, all these, uh, and I, I don't want to name them and I won't name them, but we've been around the world and there, I've seen a lot of religions that say they are searching for a God, but it's not the God that we serve. They're searching for something. They're, they're hungry for something that's beyond themselves. I want to get beyond myself. I, I, and most of the time, they'll tell you, I don't hear it in the modern day church. They're not hearing what they need to hear in the modern day church. That they don't need to hear another message about, you know, the, you know well, just how to be happy. There's more to our Christian walk with God than just having a moment of happiness. I'm all about feeling good, and I'm all about the joy of the Lord. But listen, there's sometimes I'm not happy. But it doesn't change my walk with God. It doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change who he is. Happiness is based on happenings. And happenings are not always pleasant. But I've learned to trust in God in the good times and in the bad times, in the mountaintops and in the valleys. Somebody shout amen. The bottom line is people are sick of church today because the church has not delivered what the book promised. We talk about the book. We read the book. We, uh, we preach about the book, but we're not delivering. Thank you for your enthusiasm today. So because of the hunger of the people, it drives them to other places besides the church that has the real answer. Amen. A lot of people in church, even here today maybe, you know about God. You might even know about Jesus. Well, you might know about the Queen of England, but that doesn't mean you know her. You might, you might know about Donald J. Trump, but that doesn't mean you know him personally. Come on now. You know, you, 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 might, you might know their eating habits. You might know that they live at 1500 Pennsylvania Avenue. You might, you might know some of their habits. 
good and bad. You, you, you might know about them, but there's no intimacy. There's no closeness. There's no personal relationship. And we can know about God. We can know about Jesus. Why, I sit on my mommy's lap and she told me stories about Jesus. But that does not mean you have a personal, ongoing, growing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You might traffic in the facts about someone. Yes, Jesus was born of a virgin. Yes, he was born a little over 2,000 years ago. Yes, he was raised in Nazareth and Bethlehem. And yes, he was raised in the, in the Middle East. He was raised in Israel. And you can traffic in the facts, but that's not enough. That's, that you might know about God. You might know about Jesus. But listen, what I want, to, uh, I want to get across to us today is that we need to have a personal relationship with him. An ongoing intimate relationship with him. Some of you that aren't married yet or never have been married, you probably won't understand what I'm about to say, but when you get married, you can't just know about your wife. Because it's not going to last long if you just know about him or about her. Come on now. I'm doing some good preaching right now. You can't, you can't just know, well, her name is uh, Sandra Darlene. She was born on March 11th, 1900. I'll stop there. No, I better not stop there. 19, a little up higher, a little higher than 1900. But, but, and you can know the facts, but listen, honey, if there's not intimacy, you're not going to have a good relationship. And intimacy is not just what happens in the bedroom. You better, you better know how to communicate and you better know how to express your, your love with kind words. Ooh, boy. Good preaching, Pastor. I could just do a marriage seminar right now. <laughs> Churches are full of people that might be able to win a Bible quizzing contest, but that doesn't mean they know the Bible. Oh, they may know the Bible, but the Bible don't know them. Does that make sense? They don't know him in a personal way. Now, listen, I, I, I just jotted these notes down, so I'm, I'm going to have to read a lot of this today because I don't even know it as far as memorizing it. Uh, God's not going to pour out his spirit where he doesn't find hungry people. God is looking for hungry people. God is not going to send people to solid rock where people are not hungry to grow, hungry to get closer to God, hungry to know him in an intimate way. God will send people to solid rock when he says solid rock is hungry to know me and to know who I am. God will show up and manifest his presence in powerful ways, such powerful ways that the unsaved driving up and down Highway 67 will not be able to resist what they feel when they drive by this church. Sinners, will pull off of the highway. It's not quite as easy now as it used to be, but they'll find an exit somewhere because they, they feel the presence of God. This young man came to church on a snowy Sunday morning. He wasn't even coming to this church, but he was going to another church over by Bismarck. He got over there, and it wasn't, it wasn't open because every church closed that Sunday except us. We were open for business, <laughs> and we were open for Rick. And something pulled him into solid rock. Something just pulled him. There was a magnetic, there was a, there was a spiritual connection that began to draw him to solid rock. He came to church that morning, and I'm telling you what, God gloriously touched his life. And I'm telling you what, he's never been the same. But I'm telling you, this man was drawn by the Spirit of God. He didn't know us. 
He didn't say, oh, they got good singing at that church. They got good music at that church. Wow, they, they've got great, they got a great preacher there. <laughs> no, it didn't work on that one. He just came because the Spirit of God drew him. There's people that have come to this church not because of the music, not even because of the children's ministry, not because of the preacher, but the Spirit of God draws them. And listen, Laniel's one of those back there. The Spirit of God drew him to solid rock. Listen, folks, it's not our great preaching. It's not our great singing. It's because there's a body of people here that's so hungry to know God that God will say, I'll send people to that church that's looking for something where people are hungry. Woo! Listen, listen to this. A few years ago, a complete stranger walked into the church. It was during the daytime. You know what he did? He, he just asked. He said, can I just go down to the front and kneel and pray? He said, I just want to get closer to God. What drew him here? He was from Poplar Bluff, Missouri, and he was just passing through and he pulled his car over, pulled up in here, and said, I'm just, I just need to get closer to God. Can I just go up front and pray? Listen, folks, that's the Spirit of God. Soon after that, there was a man from Memphis that was staying in a local hotel. He stopped by this church, and he said, I'm not right with God. Will somebody pray with me that I will come to Jesus and receive him? That's what happens when the Spirit of God is moving in a church. If we will ever let God out of our box, I'll tell you what, he can mess up our church. And that's quite all right with me. You know, we have somewhat of a little program here. Here's the one from last week. It didn't get tossed. Uh, but uh, here, here's our uh, song list from last Sunday. You know what my attitude is? God, if you want to mess up the song list, go ahead. I've even said, God, if you want to mess up my message, go ahead. And you know what? He did it at 10 o'clock last night. And I want to tell you something, for a preacher, that's scary. Because you think you got it all planned out. You've, you've prepared, you've worked it all, you got the PowerPoint, everything's ready to go. And at 10 o'clock, he changes your message. <laughs> Dear God, you better know the voice of God. Well, he's messing us up, but that's all right. When, when, when the Lord shows up in a house, he'll mess it up. And that's quite all right with me. Mm -mm -mm. There's only one thing that keeps God from coming in and repossessing the church, and that's a lack of hunger, complacent, satisfied people that don't want to grow in him. He's looking for people that's more interested in him than the toys that he has to offer. I got to say that again, because there's a lot of people that only want the blessings of God. They only want the gifts of God. They only want his presence with a T, okay? Presence with a T, not, did, did you get the message? Okay. Uh, no, we want his, his message, we want his presence, T-S, not his presence, C-E-S. Does that make sense? We want his toys. We want his blessings. Lord, what can you give me? Oh, God, I, I love you, Lord. You're my blesser. Uh, we, need, we, need to, we need to get to a place where God is more than just a blesser. If your kids look at you as just the one that's going to bless them and never tell you they love you because of who you are, you may not be the blesser very long. Come on now. We need to stop saying every time we come to church, oh, Lord Jesus, touch me, bless me, give me. I come to receive, Lord. Have you ever thought about coming to church to give, to give him praise, to give him worship, to give him reverence? To give him adoration. 
I promise you, you come in with that kind of a heart and attitude, you don't have to ask for anything. He'll be pouring it out freely. Come on, church, shout amen if you believe what I'm saying this morning. Stop going to sleep on me. Wake up. Poke your neighbor and say, it's time to wake up. It's about to get good. See, so many times we come to church to get something from God. And I believe the Lord is, is try, kind of get, trying to get us off of that horse and say, hey, jump on the horse that says, I come to give something today. I've come to give my praise. I've come to give myself to you, Lord. I give something of value to you, Lord. I, I come, Lord, to, to, to tell you how much I love you. You know what that's doing? That's ministering unto the Lord. And that's what, that's what the Lord wants us to do, to come and minister to him. Is this okay today? Am I, am I boring anybody? Just, if I am, just slip your hand up. And just one finger, okay. Oh, you were scratching, okay. I'm sorry. Most of the things that we have seen in church is not revival. We've seen what we've called revival. We've seen the renewal of the church maybe. And revival, when revival comes, I'm telling you what, entire communities will be touched by God. Waves of glory will sweep through the entire city when a revival touches a church. And I remember Pensacola. I don't know how many of you went to Pensacola, but I'm telling you what, Pensacola was touched by the power of God because a little Assembly of God church down there welcomed the presence of God on Father's Day. On one Sunday morning on a Father's Day, they welcomed the Spirit of God and they broke out into a two or three year revival that touched the entire Florida panhandle and around the world. You remember, remember Jonah? When Jonah went, he didn't even preach a fancy message, did he, Eric? He just, he went to, uh, what was that, Nineveh. Went to Nineveh, and he didn't even want to see the people get saved. He was just saying, okay, I'll do what you told me to do, God, and I'll, I'll preach. And he said, you got X amount of hours, and, uh, or, or God's going to destroy this city. And the whole city repented. Revival. Revival will bring repentance to the community. And it brought prayer. Do you know that not only did the people fast and pray, but they made their animals fast and pray. <laughs> Don't you know they'd call us crazy for sure if we did that. Even the, even the animals fasted and prayed. But anyway, we need to come and, and, and worship God. You know, the psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and everything that's within me, bless his holy name. I want you to say that with me real quickly. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let's try it once again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and everything that's within me. Bless his holy name. You know how we pray that prayer? You know how we quote that scripture? We say, oh, my Lord, bless my soul. Just the opposite of what the scripture says. The scripture says, bless the Lord, O my soul. We say, oh, my soul, oh, my soul, oh, my Lord, bless my soul. Come on, everybody shout Amen. Do you know that Jesus, as powerful as he was, the Son of God, full of the Holy Spirit without measure, do you know that even he could not do mighty miracles in his hometown because of unbelief? People were complacent. People were familiar with him. They were familiar with the gifts, familiar with the moving of the Spirit. They were familiar with, with Jesus who was, you know, well, that's, that's just Joseph's boy. He was, he, well, we used to ride the school bus with him. We, we went to the same school together. They got so familiar with Jesus that they did not believe that he was the Son of God and he could do no mighty miracles in Nazareth. Somebody say amen. Complacency, 
a lack of hunger. They didn't know him. I believe God's wanting to redefine to us this morning what it is to get into the presence of God. He's looking for people who are hot after his heart. Remember the disciples on the Emmaus Road after Jesus was resurrected? They were talking to Jesus. They didn't even know it was Jesus. But what did they say when Jesus revealed himself? Our hearts did, did our hearts were on fire when we were talking to him. God's looking for people whose hearts will be on fire. Okay, just, just bear with me a few more minutes. Acts 13 and 22, I believe we have that. But God removed Saul from the kingship and replaced him with David, a man in whom God said, David is a man after my own heart, for he will do everything I want him to do. I wonder if God could say that about you or if he's thinking about removing you. I wonder. Huh? David, Lou, Rick, John, David, Paul, Boomer. I don't know if God I don't know if God would call you Boomer or not, but anyway. He's he's a man after my heart. He will do everything I tell him to do. I want him to do. <laughs> he's looking for people to say, God, I just don't want your toys. I don't just want your blessings. I want you. I want you to come close to my heart. I want you to touch my eyes, touch my ears, touch my heart, oh God. Change me. I'm tired of me the way I am. And you know what? When you get that attitude and you begin to have that kind of a yearning, I'm telling you what, God's going to set you on fire. Amen? God will set you on fire. Uh, Second Chronicles 7, this is a, a very famous, popular scripture. <clears throat> We use this for the, as the recipe for revival sometimes. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. I will listen to every prayer. Everybody say every prayer. I will listen to every prayer made in this place, for I have chosen this temple. I have chosen this church. I've set it apart to be my home forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. Is that up there? Yeah. My eyes and my heart will always be there. His favor will always flow wherever his face is directed. Have you ever, have you ever had a child... Maybe your little girl, your little boy, crawl up in your lap and they're trying to talk to you and you're kind of watching the news and they'll just grab your face. Look at me, Daddy, I'm talking to you. <laughs> How many ever had that done? You know, we're, we're busy doing something else and they're talking, they'll grab your face. That's what God is wanting us to do. He's wanting us to turn his face, turn towards us. We turn our face towards him. He turn, and we turn his face towards us. And God says, hey, I want to tell you something. You don't have to ask for favor. The favor will come when I am in, looking in your direction. Woo, Psalms 32. <clears throat> the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Don't be like a senseless horse or a mule, Missouri mule. I wish he'd have put that in the word. Don't be like the Missouri mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. Isn't that a good word? In other words, I will teach you and I will instruct you in the way you should go. You know what the King James says? 
I will guide you with my eye. I used this for an example, an illustration one time, and I think I'll do it again. I need to borrow, um, let me see here. I'll borrow Carl for just a moment. Carl, can you come up here? In fact, just step over into the aisle, and I want you to close your eyes, and I want to illustrate what this scripture says, because God says, I will instruct you with what? My eyes, not yours. I want you to close your eyes as tight as you can get, and do not cheat, for the Lord will strike thee dead if you (laughs) opened your eyes. Do not cheat. Okay, I want you to listen to my voice because I'm going to guide you with my eyes. I want you to take five steps forward. Would you take two more steps forward? Now, you got your eyes closed? Turn right. Take, start walking, I'll tell you when to stop. Turn left just a little bit. See how he's listening to me? Turn left a little bit more, okay, keep walking. Put your hand out in case you hit the wall. Stop. (laughs) Turn right. Start walking. Turn right just a little more. Keep walking. Keep walking. Are you scared? You know why you're not scared? Because he trusts me. I'm guiding him with my eyes. And he's still walking. That's exactly what God wants us to do. Okay, why don't you stop, turn right, and walk. Do you trust me, Carl? Even though you can't see where you're going? You can hear my voice, though, can't you? Okay, stop, turn right, and walk. Turn left just a little, keep walking. Turn right just a little, keep walking. Stop, turn left, and walk slowly. Whoa, open your eyes. (laughs) He did good. You know why he did good? He trusted me. The scripture says, I will guide you with my eye. Do you know what that means? When I can't see, when I, when I don't know where I'm going, it's just dark, I can't understand. I can still be guided with the voice of my father. Listen, folks, you gotta get close to God to hear his voice. You can't be up in Bonterre and expect to hear my voice down here today. Oh, my goodness. Now, in, in, uh, stand to your feet with me. I, w- I want the, the guys to come up here, Dylan and uh, the brother and sister. <laughs> Would you all come on up here? Listen. I want you to listen. Listen to me. Don't pay any attention to them. In my home, eyes, please, eyes. When I was raised in my home, how many here knew my dad, Reverend J.H. Rhodes? How many knew my dad? Just a few of you. Okay. Well, I wish you could have met my dad because my dad, he just died two years ago, uh, 85 years old. But my dad was a tough old Marine. And he was, a, he was a tough old drill instructor in the Marine Corps when he got saved. And when he got saved, it wasn't long after that that God called him to preach. All my dad knew was drill instructor. All my dad knew was Marines. All my dad knew how to talk was Marine language. And so when he started pastoring his church, that's the way he pastored. But now listen, in our home, my mom or my dad could just look at me in a certain way and get the job done. They didn't have to say a word. I could be sitting in church, back right where Cole's sitting, 
I didn't get to sit in the back very often, but if I sat back there and dad saw me messing up in church, you know what he'd do? He'd just stop and look at me. You know what? He didn't have to say a word. I was guided by his eyes. And I knew that if I didn't stop right then, step number two was snap his finger. He would snap his finger, and that was the sign that I was going to get a spanking when I got home. Some of you old-timers, come on. Am I telling the truth? That's right. I saw some hands there. You know what we do nowadays? I'm going to take away your screen time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take away your Game Boy. Yeah. Well, my dad snapped his fingers, and I knew I was in trouble when I got home. But he guided me. He guided me. He raised me. He could, he could instruct me with his eyes. Listen, folks, that's exactly what God is wanting to do. He wants us to get so close to him. Crawl up in his lap. He will guide you with his eyes. He will direct you in the way you could go. Uh, Y'all remember the story where, where Peter denied Christ? And do you remember? There was a, a musical tune that was sung by a rooster. This rooster began to sing, and Peter looked over at Jesus, and instantly he knew he had separated himself from the Lord. He, he immediately repented for what he had done in denying Christ, all because he looked at Jesus. Some of us need to take off our religious glasses and begin to look at Jesus. Can I hear an amen? My, 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 I've got several pages to go here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slow it down right here because I think it's time that uh, I, I don't think I can say any more than what you've already heard today. We've gotten too far away from the Lord. We've gotten so far away that even now we can say, well, we had a good service. I got blessed. Somebody hugged me. <laughs> Somebody gave me a $100 bill. I was blessed today. What did you do for the Lord today? How much did you contribute to him in the service today? Amen. We, we, we need to learn to entertain the presence of the Lord. Again, when you seek his face, you will get his favor. When you seek his face, you will get his favor. There's things that's coming in our nation that's going to drive a lot of people to the Lord. You remember 9-11, how the next Sunday after 9-11, the churches around America were full. Now, whether they were there because of fear or because they were hungry for God, I don't know. But I'm telling you what, when we get hungry for God, thank you, Jesus. He will be there. Oh, thank you, Father. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you right now, Lord, would you just show yourself real to every person in this auditorium? Jesus, would you please right now show your face, show your love, show your kindness, show your forgiveness. May the blood of Jesus Christ be revealed that there is nothing that we cannot be forgiven for, that you have taken away the sins of the world. In the name of Jesus, while every head is bowed, I want to ask you this morning. Would you be willing to seek the face of God? Would you be willing to hunger and thirst after him more than ever before? Would you be willing?
to lay aside your desires, your plans, your agenda, and say, God, I'll do like you said of David. Whatever I want him to do, he will do it. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never made a commitment to Jesus. You see, there's only one way to heaven, ladies and gentlemen, and Jesus is the way. In fact, when you read Acts chapter 9, and it says they were looking for people that were in the way, it's a capital W. It's a reference to Jesus as being the way. He's the way in, he's the way through, and he's the way out. You know that he was the way he, he was the way out of Egypt. He was the way through the wilderness. And he's the way into the promised land. He's the way out of fear. He's the way out of sickness. He's the way out of depression. He is the way into everlasting life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you one more time. If you're here this morning and you would like to receive Jesus and make a commitment to Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, would you just slip your hand up real quickly and put it back down? I want to pray with you. I'll pray from right here, and you can stay right where you're at. I want to pray with you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Anybody in the building? Anybody in the building? While we wait just a moment. Father, I thank you this morning for your word that's forever settled in heaven. Now, Father, I pray that this congregation will find their way into an intimate relationship with you. Father, I've done all I know how to do, and now I leave it in your hands. We commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to invite you that would like to come to the front to gather around and pray for just a moment before we go home today. We give you uh, an invitation to join us around the front. You can stand. You can kneel. You can kneel at your seat. You can sit down in your seat.